0: Hello and welcome back to a week in politics, episode eleven. I'm joined here by Albert and Odysseus, and we're going to dive into the news before we get into our big discussion of the week, which is should the monarchy be abolished? Uh, firstly, Albert and Oddy, how are you doing today?
1: Doing good. Yeah. Glad to be on.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the news this week—it's picked up, hasn't it? Politically, I mean, we've had you know the discussion on. You know, migrant crisis is picking up in the uh, in Down in Kent, uh, but the news I want to talk about here is the uh, news of uh, Joe Biden has chosen Kamala Harris to be uh, his uh, vice president. Um, it was sort of an expected one; it was a safe option from Joe Biden. Albert, what do you think this uh, means for the US election in November?
1: Uh, well, it doesn't seem it's not an unexpected choice, really, uh, and I don't think it's particularly a bad choice it's always good to pick one of your rivals from the uh from the primary stage help try and try and help unify the party uh and you should hopefully try and appeal to some people that joe biden maybe hasn't done before but i don't think it's a sort of game-changing appointment or anything you know like i don't think it's going to be a major excitement one or anything but
0: seems like a decent choice yeah Uh, oddy what do you think about kamala harris
2: Yeah, I think that uh, it's a very good choice to have uh, someone that's seen as someone who can unify the party. And obviously, um, you know, it's good that they're finally bringing more women into uh, the race, obviously, given that it is Joe Biden versus Trump, which is obviously a very undiverse race. Uh, So, yeah, I think that it's it's good. And, you know, I think it's already shocking to see Trump going for the Bertha thing, which was in the news today.
0: yeah, no, well, I think Kamala is the safe option. Um, she, she brings, you know, she's 55 years old. Uh, she's got the youth on the side that Joe Biden hasn't got. And uh, yeah, no, I think it's, it's a good appointment. It's definitely the safest option. And she's the one with the the big, most the biggest political experience, probably aside from Elizabeth Warren, but she had, had a tarnished reputation. Well,
1: yeah, when, when you look at like his other options, like you see that she is the best one, really, because like, I think the only, the only like game changing choice he could have made would be like Bernie or something like that. But, really? but like, I feel like that's just, a, it like, would have been,
0: like, it just would have been,
1: great choice. I think,
0: I think they sh- I think if, if, it didn't have all like such a polarized president of um, Trump, I think Bernie could have been a good option to sort of uh, unify the two sides of the Democrat party. But I think now, I don't think, I think it's safe going Kamala Harris. It's uh, a woman because, you know, he doesn't need to, vote to, poll- to, to bring them together, the two sides of the Democrat Party, because they're going to come together to vote against Trump. So I think he's, uh, he's made definitely the right decision with Kamala Harris. She's, she's the one I thought would be a better one to be the, the actual candidate of presidency. I think that she had everything going for her. She's a strong debater as well, which I'm looking forward to seeing her go against Mike Pence. I know she's a better debater than Mike Pence, and she's She's going to be great, and I think this is also setting up for kamal Harris to maybe to possibly run when Biden uh drops out, um, either in 2024 if he wins, uh, or the next election. But I definitely think kamal Harris is a long term option to get her into the uh mainstream politics of the United States and to see uh where she goes from there.
1: Yeah, I would, I would probably, I'd probably agree
0: there. Mm. I mean, and also, I just want to say, the the you know, Trump's already going at it, we knew he would, uh, the second that she was announced, you know, he's he's started his attacks on her and i also think this is a uh, a good move from the democrats in that if trump aims his attacks at kamala harris then and doesn't aim at biden as much then biden's going to get away with a lot i think if trump plays his cards wrong which he possibly is by attacking kamala Harris, then biden's going to get away with a lot of uh you know a lot of a s- uh, slack which is money what?
1: Is, is it is still staggering that you're able to get away with doing that kind of thing i know we say this all the time about america they're literally questioning someone's you know citizenship basically based on the color of their skin
0: is, yeah you know, just but, and, and and no other president would do that no other candidate would do that apart from trump because he knows that his report his um supporters absolutely love that they absolutely love they uh someone getting questioned for their national because they're all they all like that they all want you know true american and things like that and, and kamala harris is a full full american you know two migrant parents but she is an american citizen and uh and she's born in america and things like that and i think it's interesting to see um uh, where that goes from there but i've also just a quick thing i, I read the other day it's just an off topic thing that it's interesting that there's actually a loophole in the u.s constitution which in article uh Amend- yeah 14th amendment uh, article one that contradicts the the um in the constitution the bit where it says you have to be in Amer- born in america to stand. So in the future, there could possibly be a, a non-American-born citizen r- running for the White House, which could be interesting. And I do think that even though Kamala is born here, having two migrant parents and being you know, the first black woman to run for uh, the VP role, I think that this is going to open up more ethnic minorities running in the future, especially if she's got such a good chance of, of winning in November. Um, anyone else got any, any news this week that's caught their eye, Odysseus?
2: Uh... Oh, anyone, but it has to be able to assess. I'd say, you know, one thing that certainly caught my eye is the news over Belarus. Uh, for anyone that doesn't know, uh, Belarus is currently, you know, they've just had their elections. Lukashenko, someone who's been in power for, I think, around 24 years, um, is basically, you know, it's, completely contested as to whether he won or lost the election, The actually I saw that from the embassies, people who they couldn't have any exit polls in Belarus itself because the government banned them. Uh, the exit polls from foreign countries where people were voting at like the embassy of Belarus, for example, in Russia, I think it was a win by I think, 70% of the vote for his opponent. Uh, there's also been lots of protests in Belarus. Uh, there's basically been videos that you can see where the police literally have just round the street just grab people, chuck them in a van, taking them back to the prison or whatever, and like beating them up, tortured them, and that kind of thing, tamed them just for having an opinion. It's very, very shocking. Although it's something that probably would have always happened if there was to actually be not like an opposition in Belarus. It's just it's obviously happening on a much bigger scale because people are angrier now more than ever because of combination of lack of economic growth and coronavirus response. Uh, so yeah, that's. The news that's caught my what's what's everyone's opinion
1: on it? Yeah, well, I think that this is it's a very interesting uh, setup there because it is lots of really bad things have been happening, as you say, with the protesters being tortured and rounded up and this kind of thing. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see how Lukashenko's government responds to this, whether how far it's it's willing to go to maintain. Uh, its grip on power. Obviously, it'll have the support of the Kremlin, uh, for sure. Uh, but we saw in the Ukraine, you know, ultimately, the government there fell eventually. So, you know, how, how much will Putin want to intervene to protect Lukashenko's government or not is something that will be difficult interesting to see.
0: Mm. I mean, I've, uh, I don't know too much about Belarus politics. Um... But I've seen this and I do think that it's it really just show how backwards their politics is that you have to silence an opposition. Um, I read that the opposition uh, person who ran, the husband who was re- originally the uh, opposition candidate, was put in prison and the wife had to run. And then the uh, wife has not had to leave the country with her kids because she doesn't feel safe. I mean, that is no way to run a, a country. But, Oddie, I'm mean, sure you can enlighten me more on, on Lukashenko. Is he uh, a good dictator, I would say, as a... I mean, I would guess he's a dictator from what he's done. Uh, does he look after his people uh, or is he a...
2: Okay, so I'll bring it to I'll firstly answer your question, which is, actually, he's been popular over the years, generally. Uh, you know, Lukashenko is someone that, is, you know, does poll quite well. Um, so he's obviously fallen off a lot of recently. But, I mean, the thing is you have to bear in mind with a lot of post-Soviet countries... They've done really badly, for instance, the country I know, you know, reasonable amount about Moldova, which is more democratic than Belarus But actually the politicians are probably more corrupt, probably care less about the people than they do perhaps uh, in Belarus Um, You know, like Belarus for example has kept its place, it's very clean and for some time was doing reasonably well in terms of like the economy uh, although I understand that that's actually got worse in recent years. And the point I'd like to make, without I mention they have the support of the Kremlin, which is, even that is becoming under question. Like, actually, Belarus um, recently have had a slightly more difficult relationship with Russia, uh, over coronavirus, for instance, because there's a, no, you know, it's sort of like a free border kind of area, like Belarus and Russian citizens basically have, you know, like a Schengen kind of arrangement, essentially. And I think that Putin shut that off as a result of their response to coronavirus. And there have been a few other things uh, in which we've seen the relationship get worse. I think that the thing that's really interesting is how Belarus and the people of Belarus especially would respond to sanctions. Would it be possible that, say, if the EU was to go in and and sanction Belarus, would that mean that they sort of push Lukashenko even harder and there's more pressure on his government? Or would it perhaps galvanise them to sort of believe in this sort sort of whole Russian to some extent, anti-Western like, Europe identity, which I think the UK, you know, in a lot of these post-Soviet countries, you see the push-pull between the rest of Europe and, on the other side, Russia. And I wonder if that would push them slightly more towards Russia, sort of push them away if they were to do that. I wonder what you think about that.
0: Um, no, I probably, uh, I'd say, I agree with you there, I I think uh, it's very difficult to do. I don't think sanctions is the right thing to do. I said I think it's, I don't understand what that would achieve, really. I think that would push... Uh, the leader, uh, you know, carry on what he's doing. I mean, he seems like he's got a, a strong grip. Um, Albert, what do you what do you make of that?
1: Yeah, it's difficult, and it is. It's as as I say, when you look at a similar situation in Ukraine, where they had a reasonably authoritarian leader, and ultimately, Putin didn't step in to protect him. I know he has intervened in Ukraine in other ways, but he didn't step in to protect that leader, and that leader went. So, I think Lukashenko's position is, you know could potentially become untenable really if if pr- protests and stuff continue but you know we'll have to wait and see really
0: mm. i mean we do know where people uh, you know that seem to be like lukashenko you've uh, and leaders in the past in several other countries is that protests just get silenced and they get squashed down and they don't actually lead to any any change um i feel like that, that could be a situation over there um obviously correct me if I'm wrong, I'll say you seem to know more than more than I do on the situation. So um is that possible? Would it is would are the protests going to actually achieve anything over there?
2: I think that it's very difficult to say because I think the one, you know, there are some differences with Ukraine. One being that with Ukraine, uh before like everything kicked off in Ukraine, they'd actually agreed to become a bit closer to the European Union and then didn't, which was part of what sparks the the, the row. In Belarus, there's absolutely none of that. So I think the problem with Belarus is that still very close to russia but not really close enough that russia can basically save them but they're not close at all to the european union really um so what that basically means is that there's just a lot less ability to just sort of go from one thing to the other like they couldn't really just turn to the european union because on so many levels they're just so far off being kind of country that it could you know come and become a lot closer um and in terms of the protest i think that one issue in belarus from what i understand is that lukashenko actually wants sort of more violence quicker than in ukraine i think i read somewhere that you know his analysis was that basically they didn't just take down the protesters immediately and we've obviously seen just how harsh he's been on the protesters um but then at the same time that's basically shocked all of europe and has probably you know increased the response i think from a lot of european uh, countries and even the USA which has you know had a lot of criticisms of the elections
0: mm. well thanks Odedia that's I mean we'll have to just keep an eye on that and see next week see if there's any any difference in that any any developments um before we get into uh the debate of the week which is uh, should the monarchy be abolished which is going to be a very very interesting debate um I just want to say that in the past couple of weeks we have bashed a certain journalist called Tom Harwood even named a uh, quiz after him uh, and I won't say now that uh, we won't be doing that anymore and the reason is why is because three weeks had passed without any contact from the man and all of a sudden now we've had ample amounts of contact and we have actually agreed for him to be coming on the podcast. We don't have a date yet but it's uh, going to be in the next two to three weeks and uh, so there we go. So the Tom Howard bashing is now simply over and we're very much looking forward to having him on the podcast in the near future. Um, but anyway, moving on to discussion of the week which is the monarchy now as you probably as you know from the regular listeners i am a conservative conservative member conservative activist i've worked for the party uh, and obviously you can tell that i am a staunch pro-monarchist and a unionist um albert do you want to outline your position
1: well i i I, my position is basically the opposite to exactly what harvey said there um in that i am strongly anti-monarchy uh I've supported the Labour Party in the past. Well, I have not been, I've not been a member, but supported them.
0: Uh, yep. Yeah, that's my and, position. and I'll assess what's your position on this, just so the listeners got it completely clear of who's going where in this debate.
2: Uh, my position is that I think the monarchy is ridiculous, but I'm slightly different to Albert in the sense that I don't really care, like, as far <laughs> as I'm concerned. Like, I just, I, I'd rather just ignore it than try and get it abolished, because I think that it's kind of a waste of time.
0: Okay, well, um, uh, well I, mean, I mean, surely we should start with the well, the, the debate question is, uh, should the monarchy be abolished? I mean, Albert, surely you'd be the first one to uh, assess your to case my, before make, we, before I, opinion, before we come in. Statement. Make your <laughs> opening statement here. We are going to treat <laughs> this a bit, more like a, a bit more like a debate because it is it's such a, a key question that really does need to delve into uh, certain parts. We will be nitpicking each other's arguments here as well. So, Albert, off you go.
1: Well, th- there's two reasons that I think uh, that they should be abolished. Basically, that it's anti-democratic. And expensive, uh, and as a result, it's a wider symptom of uh, a waste of money and an efficient, inefficient uh, system of government that we run basically in this country. Uh, so, abolishing it would strengthen our democracy and save us money. So, to me, it doesn't like it seems a logical thing to do for me.
0: That's my okay. position. Okay. Uh, well, obviously, I'm completely against. That. I've got a few few facts to throw at you there. So. But well, you said well. We well, well. Okay. So um, I, I understand that the the he, our head of state, the, the Queen, uh, is the most expensive head of state in the world. So are you are you aware of that? That's probably your, your main thing. I believe she costs around 40. Yeah, million, yeah. forty million pounds a year in um, expenses. Um, but did you know that last year uh, the mon- the annual the, the monarchy? I, I my my main argument is that the monarchy is fantastic. It it boosts the economy. Um, it is a, a key tourism attraction. She is the staple of our democracy. Um, and this idea that it's outdated is is nonsense. Uh, it's a symbol of Britishness, a symbol of our national values. It's a part of our history. I just don't think that's a, any way to get rid of her. And I really do agree with, with all says here. I think the efforts to try and abolish abolish the monarchy is a bit ridiculous. I mean, she doesn't do much to be able to do that. But anyway, my, my argument is actually contributes a lot to the, the economy. I mean, the economic growth last year, purely based on the monarchy, was 1.3%. She contributed £1.155 billion into the economy last year. £535 million of that was due to tourism, so Buckingham Palace, Windsor, uh, things like that. Um, in the, Her image that's been trademarked contributed um, £160 billion, uh, in annual exports from her brand, um, and, you know, I don't see what's, what's wrong with that. I don't see the, the issue in that at all. You know, like I said, symbolizes the Britishness and national values in our history. You know, she's uh, someone who's the Queen's morals, I think are something that people should look up to. I know I was going to come back on that comment um, from, from recent events, but I just think that's, I think she's fantastic. And the, the money that she brings in is, is that is you can't compare that, you know, 40 million pounds of expenses, but brings in 1.55 billion pounds. I think that's, for me i think mean, that's absolutely uh, a value for money i think it's well spent and 60 percent of the last year the, the you did a survey and 60 percent said the monarchy is good for britain so i'm not i'm not alone on this in fact the majority of people in this country do support the monarchy and i think albert's case is is far-fetched but odysseus so what, what do you make of that
2: okay so i actually disagree with pretty much both, most of both of what you said so i don't really care that much about whether it's democratic <laughs> or not because ultimately <laughs> Well, no, because it ultimately has no impact on, like, the actual political system. Like, political change wouldn't happen it happened either faster or slower if you got rid of her. Um, like, yeah, I don't think that she has any impact in that way. And the expensiveness, or whether it comes with tourism, I don't think that the Queen herself really brings tourism. It's more, you know, the attractions and that kind of thing. But equally, the, like, the fact that a certain amount of money is lost uh, by the taxpayer it's like it's annoying but again it's not something that would immediately change the uk overnight if we had that the thing that really the, the way in which i care about the monarchy is that i feel a disgusted by just the constant reminders of empire that basically made acceptable like if you ever see anything to do with the monarchy they're still dressed in their stupid imperialist uniforms which is you know symbol, symbolic for me of just atrocities like i just think it's disgraceful that they're allowed to wear that, that kind of thing and then the other thing for me is it's morally wrong just the fact that you would give so much money to a rich person to allow them to still be rich, like and the decadence of it, um, and just it's it's more a moral thing, but I just find it wrong that when people are starving, they're allowed to just have you know taxpayers' money just spend on like tea parties. It's disgraceful. But having said all that like it's probably not going to go away. And that's why I basically come to my conclusion, which I just, in my day, so I just simply do not think about the monarchy. I just let the people have their fun if they want to sing the National Anthem or watch the Queen or whatever they want to do. And just... Pretend that it doesn't exist. It's, that makes me happy. <laughs> I,
0: mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I like Oddie's uh, sort of argument. I think it's just very. It's very relaxed. It's very just. I don't give a shit about the monarchy. I, I like that. I like that. Even though I, I, w- I wish I was like that. I really wish I was. But I, and I, I do agree with you on this. But I can't let Albert get away with this one. I can't let him win. So Albert, I'm going to let you come back on on what's been said there. Uh, yeah. Well,
1: well, I'd I come back to on, on you. Um, on the whole money debate, because as I just said, there's no real evidence that it's actually the queen herself that brings in the money as an institution, more the attractions. Uh, And obviously if you didn't have a monarchy, you'd be able to open up things like Buckingham Palace all year round. So you'd actually be able to bring in um, tourists for a longer period of time. And as you said, and I just touched on it there, we're talking about morals. Uh, Like, yeah, the, 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 the monarchy hasn't exactly been this great symbol of morality all throughout its history. you know. He tried to if you look back to the civil war you know charles the first tried to dissolve parliament and uh very, diff- very different
0: very different times well, that's the thing
1: very uh, well yeah but then more recently as i was to say i said it's becoming a symbol of colonialism all kinds of outdated concepts and the concept of a monarchy in itself to me is is a concept that's out of date like we don't give power to people in a hereditary way
0: you know if you own a company but can you just let me know what what power does she actually have i just i want to know what actual like significant power and i know you're going to say like opens parliament so if i want significant power like actually like mean something and actually
1: well in terms of in terms of stuff like that there has been evidence of uh, certain royals interfering in uh, I- interfering in politics like prince charles has been known to lobby government officials uh, to get certain things passed um uh, things like things like this and obviously you have the existence of her majesty's courts and her majesty's prisons uh, and if it isn't that much of a big deal i don't know why they can't just change change their names and make them you know united kingdom or would, wouldn't be kingdom but you know what i mean you know british Brit- britain court britain's
0: whatever hmm. um yeah you no know, see i don't i don't see that albert i don't see it i just think that your, your debate's all over the shot. I mean, the, the, your argument that she's, you know, we shouldn't be giving power hereditary. She didn't have that much power. You know, she's all symbolic. And the moment she brings in is, is significant to, to what it is. I know you're saying about opening Buckingham Palace and things like that, but I mean, if I was a thing, I mean, the biggest export here, I want to say the biggest export is China is where we send most of the, the goods from. They love the queen over there. They come over here. They love seeing it all. If you have a queen there, I don't think that was the issue. I think the, the, the most exciting part of it is, um, is, Opening up and um, you know seeing that the, where this is where the Queen lives, you know, going to Windsor Castle, this is where the Queen spends her time. Balmoral, this is where the Queen spends her time. This is it's the most exciting part. And It's not just the Queen. I think the 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 royal family is own. If you're going to abolish the monarchy, you need to abolish the whole royal family. And the role that they do in in charity and things of like that is absolutely exceptional. Um, they really do contribute more than just things. And and I'd like to say that they've adapted to the modern times as well. You know, the Queen and, and Prince Charles have paid tax since 1930 1993. Yes. Would I like to see him pay more tax? Yes, I would, because I think everyone, if you're going to pay tax, should pay a decent amount. Um, but I do think that, um, you know, your argument is, is unfounded. Oddie, what, what do you make of that? Of Do you think that the monarchy has adapted to modern times?
2: Uh, in some ways, I think that, you know, I mean, it, you know, the basic sense that it obviously used to be, very very you know if you just look hundreds of you guys years ago it used to be very very powerful in a way that it isn't really now um but just to come back on the whole charity thing i think that's kind of ridiculous because at the end of the day pretty much all of their wealth is in one way or another given to them uh from the taxpayer essentially in the nation of you know the united kingdom um and so as long as their wealth is based off that doesn't matter how much they give to charity or how much you know speaking is charity they basically they'll always be substantially better off as a thanks to ordinary people so you know if you wanted there to be you know little money given to charity it would probably be a lot easier to just sell all of their assets abolish their salary and just give that to charity um so i don't really i, think I that don't that think it's
0: i don't think it's about they don't, it's not about them giving to charity it's about them you know spending a lot of their time Uh, you know, helping out charities, advocating for charities that raise awareness for things. You know, it's, um, you know, the uh, Prince Anne, Princess Anne, uh, Princess Royal does a lot of work with animal welfare. And that is something which has raised a lot of awareness to the issue. You know, Prince Charles does a lot of work with environmentalism, and that's raised a lot of a lot a lot to the issue and I think when he becomes king which he will because then monarchy is not getting abolished for as long as I live um and I'll make sure that I'm not gonna be one of those people who stands outside Buckingham Palace threatening lefties like they did with Winston Churchill's statue but what I'm saying is they do they, do, they contribute a lot in the charity work and they raise a lot of awareness to issues um Albert
1: well, well on that I would say I don't really know why they couldn't do that and not have any political power? Like, if we abolish the monarchy tomorrow, what, what political power do they have?
0: William couldn't still do that. What political power do they have? Honest political power, not just symbolic. You, have, you still need to answer that. Obviously.
1: Well, it, it, it's, it's the symbolic nature of it that's the problem for me. Why should we be to, to royal assent at all? It's the does fundamental. It, does, it affect, does, it, does it affect our political a, system? It's the fundamental existence of a monarchy that's undemocratic. It's not necessarily the action of it, which I know I can then understand Odysseus' argument there of like, it would be a lot of trouble to abolish it. But this is just in an ideal world here, I'm saying we will be better off without a monarchy because fundamentally a monarchy is undemocratic.
0: But, uh, you know, that's the thing with the symbolic nature. That's the thing I just I strongly just I can't get my head around. Well, I can get my head around it, but it's just a load of nonsense. It's, you okay. know, with the, with the Queen meets the, the Queen, you know, opens Parliament, does a speech written by the Prime Minister and his team, uh, he then goes why, and.
1: Why asks, shouldn't it? Be, why shouldn't it be the prime minister that delivers that? Because he's the well, one. Well, he does. Who, he delivers it straight afterwards. One, but he is the he or she is the one that I that we elected. We chose. But it's not
0: his parliament.
1: Boris Johnson didn't get his power because his dad was was previously in charge or whatever.
0: But it's not his parliament. That's the issue. Why is that? Well, sort of. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. Otherwise. Otherwise, that who isn't... holds who holds the prime minister to account when it's his parliament? It, it, that's not how it works. It's the whole point is that the yes, it's a completely symbolic role now because we have fair and free elections over here. Um, but well, I I I think...
1: I'd be if I was proposing an alternative, I'd rather be in favour of some kind of elected head of state, like they have or in a republic. Well, they're like in the Republic of Ireland, yeah, I wouldn't see what what's the problem with that because you can have them as having a largely symbolic role because uh,
0: because an elected because an elected head, them, because an elected head of state people. brings because it goes again completely against what you have said there with an elected head of state that the elected head of state is then involved in politics because they're elected by the people the queen is not involved yeah, but
1: at least yeah but the, yeah but the queen still is in some way involved how you haven't explained how she's still involved well in this. as I said because, because she gives royal assent to the uh, Bill, she's the one who gives the speeches in
0: Parliament. I'm just the, saying, essentially... The royal, royal Assent, have you found an, an example of when Royal Assent has been denied? No, I've never... No, there, no, 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 accepts I'm not everything. That's of,
1: no, I'm not saying that there's an example of where she's done that, but I'm saying that if you're going to have someone who's involved doing that role, why not make them elected rather than just have it because they're because then
0: it Because then it instantly turns political. Then it instantly turns into people's political values judging who's they're going to be, and it would instantly... And, you, and this country, it would turn to someone who would base their opinion on political thing we saw it they and this is a, a bit of a far-fetched example but it's the speaker of the of the house you know john burko meant to be impartial independent but yet during the brexit debate we saw him come out of his skin and have a shell and show that he isn't completely impartial um, and i think that would exa- happen exactly happened there you know the monarchy has been impartial and everything and and she doesn't get involved yes maybe in, in the back room she may be saying a few stuff with, with her weekly meetings with the prime minister but nothing that shows any power or authority in the country. In fact, any, if anything, she's got zero political power in the country. She's simply there's a symbolic role to show that it's her parliament. It is the, Her Majesty's parliament. And I think that's a fantastic thing. It's our a, a history. It has a wealth of, um, of history behind it. And I think that's something we should be fully supporting uh, in the future. But as you said, okay. the, the idea of, a, of the role being completely, you know, of being political and things like that, it's, it's just symbolic and that's it. And wouldn't that be the same role as someone who is, politic- who is elected? It'd be completely a symbolic role. However, you've put politics into it, which goes completely against everything you're arguing.
2: Actually, I-, I-, I just wanted to come back on something that was mentioned. It sort of, uh, you know, got mentioned earlier when Harvey was going on about the charity work they did. And, you He know, said there's people that do animal rights stuff and that kind of thing. Well, the thing is, my more to that is, though, is that there are, you know, celebrities and, of course, ordinary people from, you know, Bear Grylls to Gary Lineker, who do loads of charity work and invest themselves their time and their money into charitable causes and trying to raise the profile of them. And like I say, there's plenty of ordinary people who do whatever they can um, to do that kind of thing. So why is it that we should like give them millions of pounds of taxpayers' money? Like, why is that an argument? Is in what they essentially do, which is promote a, a reasonable cause, is exactly the same as ordinary people and celebrities who we don't give millions of pounds of taxpayers money. So in what ways that I've had those
0: arguments. So uh, uh, yeah, no, I, I completely understand what you're saying on so this. That, and that is a, a very accurate point to, to bring up with in terms of celebrities. And I would say that in modern times, the, apart from the, you know, the, the big five in the monarchy, um, I would say that most of them are, are, celebrities, but the issue is, I think, is that they represent Britain. I think that's their, that's their role. They get paid to represent Britain and celebrities don't, celebrities have had a past they've had, things in the in the in the past which um, you know in sport people might not have like they might not like these people but in the monarchy there tend to be you know 60 percent of people like the uh, like the the monarchy um and approve of it according to yougov. um and i do think that that shows that they've got um if you put that question saying do you like gary lineker for example i think a lot of people would come back and say no he shits himself on the pitch um but i do yeah i do think that the the monarchy represents british values and i think that's why they
1: Right. Like, well, well, you know, well. On that point, partly, how I don't see how many of them have represented British values. Prince Andrew being a good example. Well, well. Um,
0: I was wondering how long it would take to, to bring up Prince Andrew here. I mean, that would,
1: uh, being yeah. a good example of not hanging out with convicted paedophiles. Uh, well, British values. I want to
0: say on this podcast that we believe until we believe in the British judicial system, and it, Prince Andrew is innocent until proven guilty. On this podcast and that is something but he's definitely guilty yet. of hanging around with the guy oh definitely was, yeah 100 percent. but he's not exactly. guilty of any crimes until he has proven yeah yeah yeah, I'm, so.
1: yeah No, I'm not, obviously would never get guilty with that but at the same time because well,
0: only because you'd end up even, you'd end up dead yeah. like jeffrey epstein no exactly <laughs> <laughs> um
1: but, but but on the point uh, there about representing britain like when you see uh you know team gb or athletes re- or representing england uh, britain Uh, That's because they've earned their right to be, place to be there. But for me, the monarchy just haven't earned that place to be there because they're simply there because of a hereditary system. You know, we got rid of the hereditary peers, or the majority of them in the House of Lords, because we thought that that was unfair. It's unfair that you should derive power from simply being related to someone else. Uh, So I don't understand why that's any different for the
0: monarchy. Because they haven't got any significant power. Power um i think that they are it's, influence... it's,
1: it's still an important role like no, but the influence
0: that their influence uh, their i agree with they
1: like get they get paid to do it the queen gets paid to live in buckingham and she Palace. pays
0: and she pays relative tax as well so does prince charles uh on what i do yes not yeah, I, said, I said i said they don't pay happen. as much as they should do but, but they,
1: you know, any job gets you, you, happens that, but there's you, you should still have to submit your CV and do the interview. They never did that. So you think there should be oh, an
0: application process to become? the Well, I think it England. should be
1: it should be based on your merit to the job rather than the fact that you're related to someone else.
0: Well, no, because that's not how a monarchy works, Albert. I well,
1: exactly. Know. That's why I want to abolish it. <laughs> that's the whole I just point of no, but that's the thing.
0: But I mean, we just go around <laughs> in circles because I just don't think that's that's it. I was I asked I'll just ask question, and I want you to ask it. Do you think that the monarchy has Adapted to modern times.
1: Uh, do I do I think that or yeah you, yeah yeah to say no do yeah, you I, that? do I well not in the sense of it there hasn't really been any significant change since w- w- what you mentioned about them starting to pay tax really I mean this is, you know this she, she's still been delivering the speech to Parliament every year all these kind of stuff like that and I think that there just be cheaper and more efficient ways of doing this you know, there's a reason why the majority of countries in the world don't have monarchies. Like, to me, it just seems like it would be a good opportunity to shape up the way we run the government. Like last time we talked about how so many institutions like the House of Lords and House of Commons are in need of reform. Uh, And I think abolishing the monarchy would be a great standing point to being able to change the way we run things, not necessarily to make, you know, to have a codified constitution or anything like that, because I don't think that's a good thing. But, certainly to reform and make a more efficient government.
0: Well, that's the thing, isn't it? You just brought up a really interesting point there. If you do scrap the monarchy, what happens to the constitution? It will have to be rewritten. And, and we saw what happened, you know, in 1776 with the, with the United States. It's, it does turn into a rigid structure, which is very difficult to change. Um, when, you rewrite a, when, you re, when you rewrite a constitution, it is. You no, know, I don't think happened. you
1: would have to rewrite the constitution. All it would take is well, an act would, of parliament.
0: No, you'd have to rewrite the... Con- I mean, there's a lot in the constitution which, uh, with the monarchy about opening Parliament, being Her Majesty's Parliament for a start. That yeah, would have yeah, to no, change in would, the constitution. Yeah,
1: would, yeah, there would be a lot of stuff to change, but it wouldn't involve writing a new constitution, I don't think, really.
0: Well, I mean, if you're going to do it, surely writing a new, rewriting a new constitution to set out the new way of yeah, a, no, I've, of I've a republic, that, because we I've would be a republic, and
1: yeah, that, yeah, but that would mean we'd have, to
0: be, we'd have to have a new constitution. We can't have a, a constitutional monarchy... Um, Abolished and keep the constitution, which had a constitution. But you don't have of to name a time in history have, when that's happened. You
1: don't I mean, have how many to have same, how many you know, different
0: have after their monarchy. I mean, they had you don't samples.
1: have the same kind of constitution that America has. You can, you know, it can be it can be very limited, literally just setting out how it works, and then everything else can be, you know, subject to debate. Because I think it is a strength of the British system, as we've, as as I've talked about before, we've talked about before about it, The fact that stuff can change more easily. We've seen how in America it is so ridiculously un. You know, not able to change. But so, you know, I don't think. And it, that's possible.
0: always a worry, though, isn't it? Would we you wouldn't say that's suddenly, always a worry?
1: Suddenly turn into America. Basically, it's yeah, but it's but it's a
0: worry, though, isn't it? When you change, when you have calls, well, to obviously, it just depends. It depends, yeah,
1: obviously it depends who's writing the constitution, and obviously, in this, you know, like I'm not, you know, Boris Johnson's not going to abolish the monarchy or anything like this. I'm just talking about. Well, it the, bo-
0: the monarchy would never get abolished. I mean, you'd, it would have to be it would, well, it would definitely it go to a referendum, wouldn't it? And yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. And it would, it would never happen. But it's an interesting debate it's, to have it's, because yeah, yeah, it's it's just,
1: it's it's just fundamentally on a fundamental level, I don't believe that a monarchy is a fair system of government. Is what I'm saying.
0: Mm. Well, I mean, the question I want to ask now Albert, is if you did abolish the monarchy, which celebrity would you like to take the role of? Take the role yeah. of, of queen. Which <laughs> celebrity would you think would do a fantastic role as king or queen of England?
1: Queen of England. Um, I'll ask you,
0: Oddie as well. So get thinking. Um, I mean, I, I've I got think it. I'd
1: like a, I'd like a duo, really. To be honest, of Sean Ryder and Bez, I would say.
0: Yes, that's good. I mean, they're, they're fantastic on Gogglebox. Would you be, box. Be um, <laughs> Well, I, w- I would. think Paul Chuckle would be in there as well. I think. Yeah, yeah. He's he's got, I think he's northern one. as well from Barnsley, and he would yeah, absolutely yeah. do the role. Oddie says, who do you think would make a fantastic, um, fantastic King or Queen of England?
2: Well, I think the thing is you need a king and a queen. I think the king is pretty much self-explanatory, Sam Allardyce. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, how, how could anybody not have Sam Allardyce? I mean, you know, be, you know, great man. Um, Best like than
1: of England manager, so.
2: Yeah, drinks pints of gravy like it's nothing. <laughs> the thing I'm sorry, who would his queen be, uh, is the question. Well, um, I could see
0: maybe Barbara Windsor going for it. She's already got the real name. Um, obviously, I don't think she'll be able to remember. Um, but yeah, um, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> um, another one, another one I thought of. Uh, I don't queen wise. It's a difficult. Um, it's a very difficult one. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think it's a difficult one. I mean, Sam Allardyce obviously is a, a a big drinker. Big he loves his gravy.
2: What about, I've got an idea for someone who could go with uh, Sam I What about Miranda Hart.
0: The very very <laughs> unlikable i mean i absolutely despise the woman um, <laughs> i don't think she's funny at all but i would love i i know who would go for it be rory stewart i mean he just loves running for anything that's available i yeah, mean he loved London king. mayor would love to be the king you know he'd love to run for it and do like um like his vlogs outside of uh west of um <laughs> palatine he'd absolutely love it no tire obviously he's a no-tie man um yeah. but just uh just to round up the debate albert can i just say quickly oh but, yeah sorry steven
2: yeah, it would be Stephen Mulhern would go for it. If any, if there's oh, anyone, oh, there I would he going. would as well. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah I think um, I think Tommy Robinson would have a pop as well. He'd never go. Um, yeah, he'd yeah. Have a go. I don't think he'd get very far because obviously, if he starts filming, he'll probably get arrested outside. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. You're allowed yeah, so. to be queen if you've had a criminal record. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you see, that's a, that's another thing. That's an interesting point, Albert. With your system, was that that would it would mean a lot of people would not be able to become king or queen. I mean, you'd have essentially just politicians running for the role. It'd well, another... I,
1: I think. Having the, having the qualification that no one with a criminal record is allowed to run would be okay. Like, uh, like that's, that's <laughs> a fair run. You know, there's still
2: be plenty of people who can go there. Well, the current qualification is no one that's not related to the Queen
0: yeah, exactly, is allowed no. to run. Currently, <laughs> <laughs> there's not. More people
2: who don't have criminal records than, you know, aren't related to the Queen.
0: Yeah, probably. But, yeah. Uh, Albert, um, I'm afraid it's been a fantastic discussion, but you, have been, you haven't been able to change my mind. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed Olysaeus the talking there. I think he's set a very good point on that.
1: You did say you would, you would you, till the day you die, you, you defend the monarchy. So I mean, I have to,
0: I'd have to be an impressive I mean, it, it would, wouldn't it, if I just turned around and went, actually, yeah, fair went, enough. Ah, yeah, you, yeah. You, changed, you changed my mind. Well, just one, more, just one more question. I'm curious to hear from your standpoint, of what would, the, what would you do with the royal family? What would they get up to if they got abolished and lost everything? What would you get a job lad, like, Tesco yeah. or something? Or, well, I,
1: I, have, I, I have no, no like, mind of what they do otherwise. It's just, a, you know, just as long as it's not state subsidies, you know, if they want to earn their way, you know, how did former US presidents earn their way? They do speaking tours. I think maybe a book deal, you know, that kind of thing.
0: So would you... Build the
1: beams you, on how she, how she killed but, uh, Diana.
0: <laughs> well, well, that's again, that's innocent to from guilt Obviously, so you'll we'll never find out. We have no evidence. Um, <laughs> no evidence. The Crown's but, very popular. Well, though, the what, so so based, shows, on, based on that maybe thing... Maybe she should be the, thing, the, the she, final she, series of The Crown playing herself. What was if she... <laughs> I don't think she's got much of an acting role, to be honest. She's, be she's a bit playing wooden. herself. How bad she could she be? <laughs> a bit wooden, I think. When it comes it's to literally the what happened in her life. Um, I, I do think, though... Um, yeah, that's how I pulled the trigger. and you know, I do that, think it uh, would be quite... It would, it would sort of shoot you all in the foot if she uh, claimed benefits and lived in a council house. So she's still living off the state. <laughs> Um, just on a smaller level, but she's still, yeah, uh, you know, yeah. still getting away, which would be, which would be quite interesting to me. So I'd love to see a new series of Benefit Street with the royal family on there, rather than a, um, white. <laughs> and the first and black thing I dude. do is I would
1: extradite Prince Andrew to America. Well,
0: again, yeah. well, it's innocent till proven guilty on here. Yeah, we yeah, don't like anything. He hasn't been proven. There is no st- no trial. Well, not yet because you know he's they, he's uh, again we're not going to we're not going to discuss this because it's a very yeah. a very hot issue and it's something that we don't want to accuse anyone of because we don't want to get shut down as a podcast or more importantly killed by the, yeah, royal family. I like, or, the, or, the or the clinton <laughs> foundation which is uh more, yeah, more no. likely as well when we start accusing bill clinton no, i love
1: bill clinton i would never accuse him
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> so he's getting away but the royal family isn't yeah, um yeah. okay well that was a interesting debate obviously i think you've got your your pros and cons you have three different sides of the argument there and i i thoroughly, I'm just gonna say, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed uh just, i don't give a shit argument which is <laughs> uh, for me for me won the debate um, but anyway, end of the podcast. Last week, we had Odysseus crowned the first ever Tom Howard Testimonial Cup champion. Um, and now, obviously, Tom Howard, we can't sign him off anymore. So we've got the new cup. It's called the Red Ken Cup. Um, I, was,
1: I, was, I was literally just thinking, I hope it's going to be the Ken Livingston. Yeah, it's the
0: Red Ken Cup, we're calling it. The uh, <laughs> Ken Livingston Trophy, um, <laughs> because uh, we all just think he's an absolute buffoon. Um, anyway, so Odysseus, you are the current champion um so you get to choose if you go first or second with this before i name the question i want you to choose if you go first or second
2: well actually just before i do that i will point out last time we named a trophy after someone you know he agreed to come on the podcast so surely you should name the cup you know someone ambitious oh, you we want name it I mean, we would
0: we, we would love to have ken livingston yeah. on the podcast if that is a dream of ours
2: if you're listening we'd love to have you
0: on i mean he's not doing anything now we'd love to have you on oh, ken livingston yeah, i mean yeah. it would be an you know absolute how, dream
1: you now how zoom works
0: then <laughs> Well, I think he does. I think that's why he had his anti-Semitic <laughs> meetings each week. Yeah. Um, um, so, say, <laughs> as the current reigning champion, after Ed Bowie's absolute blunder last week um, of messing up.
1: He got suspended you, for one week. Yeah, like he's now. not on this
0: week because he's been suspended. <laughs> absolute idiocy. Oda um, says, do you want to go first or second? The quiz is, what's the link? Before I go into the rules, I want you to say if you want to go first or second.
2: Uh, I would like to go second, please
0: second so Albert goes first um so it's called what's the link so i 'm going to give you three clues, and then it's the same rules last week you get you there's a link you've got to guess the link, so if you guess it on the first clue, you get three points on the second clue, you get two points on the third clue you get one point um so Albert you're going first, so remember I'm going to give you three clues I'm going to give yeah. you the link this is to go in the in the series two the red Ken cup is now live so the first clue our Jennings is Jacob Rees-Mogg would you like to have a stab at what it is on the first clue or do you want to play for two I points to,
1: I think I've got to go for another clue for now. the second
0: clue is Steve Baker Jacob rees is the first clue now it's Steve Baker are you gonna have a stab at what the link is to, for I'll two points one. Nice. number three is Marc Francois for one point what links Jacob Rees-Mogg Steve Baker and oh. Marc Francois I if you're playing along at home. Remember, keep score. Uh, Let us know what
1: you've got. I bet Luke's top score him.
0: last week of six from Luke.
1: I know yeah, are giving No give another one. Give another one.
0: No, there is no other one.
1: Well, oh, what is that? Yeah. The last one. That's Four. the last one.
0: That's that one. No, three. one. Four. Oh All right, no, I've got
1: to go for it then. Um, I'm were to they here. all? Um. I do uh, Brexit supporting Tories. I don't know.
0: It's very very close. They are actually the last three chairmen of the ERG, oh, uh, the European Research there. Group. Well, that's I always like to put them in there because they seem like it's a really good drinking group. That the uh, yeah. ERG, but that is it. So Albert gets zero points on the first one. So I'll just say, it's over to you, reigning champion. What links these three people together? So the first one is David Blunkett. David Blunkett loves listening to the podcast. Um, are you going to have a stab at this, says I'm not. No. Nope. Number two, Ken Clark. You're going to stab for two points. David Blunkett, Ken, Ken Clark. A big fan no, of the podcast. No, go on. What's the next? And number three for one point, Sajid Javid. So what links David Blunkett, Ken Clark, and Sajid Javid? Are they all former Home Secretaries. Well, he plays it for one point, and he takes the lead. They are all former Home Secretaries, former home secretaries. The Labour. Ken Clark, who obviously we're a big fan of on the podcast, and Sajid Javid. So 1 0 to Odysseus. It's still playable, though. You need to go for this. Okay, this is a tough one, but this is the toughest one. Okay. So, first question, but first clue Rory Stewart, mentioned on the podcast already. He's going to be the next next King of England. Uh, Number two, Sir Nicholas Soames. Rory Stewart, Sir Nicholas Soames.
1: Right, go on, give me one more.
0: And number three, Ken Clark. What links Rory Stewart? To Nicholas Soames and Ken Clark.
1: have um, they all run for mayor of London?
0: Oh well Albert, you've had an absolute mayor this week. They were all, all three of them had the Tory whip removed over voting against the Brexit deal.
1: Oh, oh. So that
0: is zero. I knew it
1: wasn't London mayor. I don't know why I said that. Was it?
0: So yeah, so Rory Stewart, Nicholas Soames, and Ken Clark all have the, the, the best link best is Tory whip removed over Germany. Brexit. Honestly, so I don't know. Oddie, you've won this week's one, but this is to really stamp your authority on this. Here's your last one. So the first clue is Sajid Javid again. You're going to have a stab for three points.
2: No, I'm not going to have a stab for three points.
0: Number two is Jeremy Hunt.
2: Okay, keep going, keep going.
0: And the last clue is John Whittingdale. What links these three together? Sajid Javid jeremy hunt and john whittingdale
2: um, is it that they've all been dismissed from cabinet at some point
0: well that is that that is a link but it actually they've all were former secretary of states for culture media and sports the best uh, office the best cabinet well, I, position I, in I, there I'm the john easiest cabinet
1: i didn't know the other two were
0: actually which one was that albert
1: I, didn't, I, I knew that John Whittingdale had done that position, but I didn't know that. Yeah, the, no, yeah. Sajid
0: Javid's first cabinet position was culture, media and Sport, and obviously Jeremy Hunt had that before that's he went to health secretary. Um, so there be. we go. So on, with, a, with a score of one, Osais claims the first win there. I think that's a huge win for Osais. He claims a one nil win in the Red Ken Cup. Uh, this will run over the next nine episodes, or this episode, and nine more. Uh, in episode 20, we will have the final of the Red Ken Cup. Um, so congratulations Odysseus and on that bombshell I would like to thank Albert and Odysseus for, for coming on the podcast this week we'll see you next week and thank you for listening and we'll see you next week